Hello and welcome to the Christmas special of the MF Gamers podcast. My name is Simon and joining us on this festive episode is Rick. Hello. And Tom. Hi. So, Christmas, tell us about it. The 90s ones. Because I know, having spoken to you, that you don't have any ones in the 80s, do you? Well, I don't remember it. 89, but no. You're too young. And... Yeah. I was too poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, not to start off on a bummer or anything. So, early 90s? Any takers? I thought my first was 98, but then, because I've been trying to think about this and trying to think, do I have any other like big Christmases or anything? I remember having a Master System, but I don't remember where it came from. So I've really been trying to think about it. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh shit, I do remember unwrapping it. And I'm pretty sure that was a Christmas. So I rang my dad and I asked him and he's like, yeah, I think that was Christmas 92 or 93. Oh, tell us about it. I don't remember it. There's nothing to tell. I just remembered that my first thing wasn't an N64, but the fact that my childhood was nothing but poverty and repressed memories. I don't really have a story about the Master System, but I had one and it was cool. You had a Master System and that's the end of it. You don't remember anything about it? No. Anyway, back to Blakey's story. How I got into games, I used to have a childminder because my mum and dad both worked after school. Her kids, they had quite a lot of stuff. One of them had a Mega Drive. First game was Sonic, just playing on that. I blew my tits off. I was like, what the hell is this kind of thing? And then I think it was either that Christmas or Christmas after. Mum knew because I came home and I was always talking about, oh yeah, Ollie had this FIFA game on, you know, Sonic or whatever. Oh, it's so good. I wish I could get one kind of thing. So it came around to Christmas time. I was going on about this Mega Drive for ages. I was just like rummaging around in a room one day after I get back from school. I can't remember why I was it was near Christmas I was just being nosy or whatever just trying to see if I could find any like Christmas stuff I was just looking around the room I didn't think I'd find anything I thought oh they're gonna have hidden it really well there's no way I would find anything so searched everywhere and I was like oh yeah I couldn't find anything and then I look up and we had this plastic bag and I could just see like a black box that looked console like and so I was like oh got a chair stood on the chair and I got it down and it said like Mega Drive 2 on it and I was like oh <laughs> fucking hell got fucking Mega Drive I didn't swear I was I went down and sort of said to, to mum and dad, I was like, oh, Bob, Christmas came early, I've got to get Mega Drive. <laughs> Something like that. And she looked at me like absolutely horrified. She was like, oh, you weren't meant to find that. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> so I was confused. I was like, oh, why's Father Christmas been early? And she was like, oh, I tried to like make some excuse. Like, oh, he must have got the wrong date. Something like that. How old were you in 96, by the way? I was seven. Right, I was going to say, because I was imagining you at like 11 or 12 going, Santa's been early. (laughs) That would have made this story extra special if he were like in his fucking 20s. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been funny. What about actually playing that? Do you remember any memories at Christmas playing it? Well, I remember playing Sonic and Sonic 2, but they're not, that's just... Just a general Sega. All of the Sonics, yeah, just a general mm. Sega thing. Cause that's what I grew up on. Like, I never finished Sonic 2. I got to like the, what I thought was the final level back in the day. I don't even know if it was and never finished it. I could never do Sonic 1. I think it was a little bit harder. Sonic 2 was a little bit easier. But I had all the Sonics, basically. So I never finished any of them, though. So, yeah. What about yours, Rick? So Christmas 1998. As I made a joke about it earlier poverty and repressed memories so a lot of my consoles were hand-me-downs the first one i ever owned was a commodore 64 because it was my dad's and when he upgraded to a mega drive i got the commodore 64 because my dad lived up the road i used to borrow his mega drive off him and at some point the master system arrived i'm pretty sure it was santa who bought it 
When I was 11 or 12, I moved in with my dad. I went to live with my dad and my stepmom. And Christmas in my family had always been, like my mum would always get us stuff that we needed, stuff that she could afford. So we'd get clothes and coloring books and shit to do like that. So we had something to open. And from my dad, we always got 20 quid. So when I moved in with him, I just thought stuff was gonna remain the same. So my mind was blown on Christmas day 98 when I got a 14 inch color CRT television, an N64, two controllers, oh, wow. Mario 64, and Mario Kart. Jesus. That's a big haul. And That's a really good haul, yeah. Well. That was insane, because growing up playing games, when I moved in with my dad, he had a PlayStation. So I used to play on the PlayStation with him. And my friend Elliot, who I do my YouTube channel with, yeah. or who I started the YouTube channel with, he had an S64, so I used to go around and play his. And I knew a lot of the games that were out at that time anyway. So I set it up on Christmas. And I still remember to this day that I managed to shit all over the Christmas spirit within about a minute and a half of turning it on. <laughs> Mario came with a little guide. There was a little guidebook with it that told you where the first few stars were. And I'm running around the first level and my dad goes, oh, you know, if you stand over here, you know, in the first level of Mario 64, if you stand in one of the flower patches, a hidden star comes out. He was trying to tell me about that one. And because I was 12 or 13, I think I was 13 at the time, I turned around to him as a fucking stupid spotty teenager with a curtain haircut. I was like, oh no, I'm not an idiot. And Christmas Day, oh, well, fuck you then. Through the bloke <laughs> yeah. A nice balanced family. Yeah, so my dad wasn't best pleased with that. And he wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the morning because I'd proper disrespected him. And it was cool getting the N64, but the big thing for me was the next day because I got my Christmas money. Christmas stayed the same, but the rest of my family, I was still getting pennies here and there. It was just the big haul because I lived with dad, so all of a sudden I was the king. So I got the rest of my Christmas money from like my mum and my grandparents and things. And Ocarina of Time had just come out. So I remember going to Toys R Us, which I never did, and running straight to the game section and then having a little freak out because it wasn't there. Because I didn't realise that you had to take a paper slip. Do you remember those in Toys R Us? I remember R. that shite, yeah. Yeah, I remember grabbing it and just like trying to run to the counter. And my dad's just strolling. He's looking around because he's got like a hundred other kids. So he's just looking at other shit. And I'm like, Dad, can we go? Can we go? Can we go? So we finally got it. And it was so soon after release that I got the gold cartridge. Oh, nice. Which was wonderful. And I was only allowed to play for like an hour a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that game took me a fucking lifetime to finish. It yeah, lasted me so long. But yeah, I absolutely loved it. Not to play poverty Olympics, Rick. <laughs> So yeah, I mentioned in the last episode of the Christmas special that one Christmas I got a DualShock controller. That was my biggest present that year. My family must have had a really fucking rough year that year. It wasn't the biggest thing that I ever got. I got computers years before and all sorts of equipment. But that controller, I remember getting it. And you know that moment when you, you've opened all your presents and you thought, uh, okay, where's my big thing? And it's yeah. like, it never comes. And I remember laying on the floor in the living room like, oh no, no, this can't be it. Just feeling absolutely awful. You know when you're a kid and you go to school and it's like people brag about what they've got and it's like, yeah. oh no, I'm going to be a laughing stock. Like this, I can't tell them I've got this. But looking back on it and thinking, well, my dad got me the fucking right thing. 
because he knew that I spent so much time playing Gran Turismo and stuff that it was something that I needed and for him to get me something that I needed I mean you look at some other people and they just get shit that's just oh I got this I got that and they get so much stuff that they can't use it all it just gets pushed to one side because yeah. they don't have the time of day to use it and for my dad to actually pay attention to what I were doing I think were probably the biggest gift even though it won huge on a monetary thing I still appreciate that in today's aspect the funny thing about being an adult isn't it yeah you look back at all these times when it was hard times for your parents and you didn't appreciate it when you were a kid and then you become an adult yourself go through hard times yourself and then you look back at those and you're like oh shit they really they really tried and you appreciate it in hindsight yeah they were doing the best and I, I sort of appreciate that. The other thing that I remembered is just staying up, just stupid hours. I mean, this is like drink were flowing and stuff by this point. You're talking late 90s. Yeah. My family were never really that strict on drinking. They'd let kids drink as long as it was within house perimeters and stuff. Yeah. And it'd be like, I'd just be fucking, <laughs> I'd be drunk from Christmas Eve right through to a couple of days after New Year's Day. And I remember one day I slept in until, well, I was sleeping in until like five o'clock every day, 5 p.m. every day. So I would just absolutely fucking it's wasted. like me at uni, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember getting up once. And first thing I did is basically put the PlayStation on and I was playing Crash Bandicoot 3. Oh, great game. And my dad was pissed off. He was really fucking angry. You know, that I'd spent all day in bed. And first thing I'd done is not done washing up or done any chores or anything like that. I'd gone straight to the <laughs> PlayStation. He was so fucking annoyed. And in retrospect, I remember when I was a kid and he used to go out boozing and getting pissed up and stuff. And his Sunday used to be like a recovery day. So he'd be, <laughs> he'd be in bed until like five or six o'clock PM. Like he'd watch motor racing on a little black and white TV that we had or whatever, do you know? Yeah. The day after and it was like, yeah, oh, you're a fucking cheeky twat, ain't he? He used to do it and I can't do it. <laughs> this is fucking a bit of a double yeah. standard. We've got time off. I'm going to use it how I see fit. As a team, that really, really fucking pissed me off. It's a bit of a weird Christmas story, but it is a, a loosely based around gaming story. Who's next? So this is probably my best childhood memory. 2000, PS2 comes out in Europe. Demand was like mad and people were going bonkers for it and there was all this like talk of like pre-orders even back then to secure it because they're going to sell out or whatever. My parents knew that I'd probably want one of these for Christmas so we were in town one day and we went to Argos and they were offering pre-orders on it. So we went in there, put the pre-order down. So I thought, oh yeah, I'm getting a PS2 for Christmas kind of thing. So it got closer and closer to Christmas and I was thinking, oh, I thought they would have said, oh, they, they picked it up now or something. So I, I remember asking mum, it must have been like probably early December because the PS2 had already come out and they like a week before or something and i was like asking my oh did you you know like, ps2's out like did, did, did you get it in the end she like looked at me and she was like no they just they sold out we're in the second batch we're not going to get it until the new year so i was really disappointed like, i was just absolutely gutted about it i thought well i'll get it in january it's not the end of the world so christmas day comes around my main thing that i wanted is not going to be there so i'm just like i'm just i'm still looking forward to it i'd probably get a lot of other good stuff but i'm, I'm not really fully in, into it if you know what i mean so christmas day all the presents under the tree i've opened all of them and i'm you know i'm sat down quite happy but not you know i'm still like simon said before about the yeah when you think oh was that it you know the one big thing playing with parents and all that and then mum was like actually i think i think there's one more tom that's not under the tree and i was like oh really um okay so she brought this box out and it's this big box and i thought i was thinking to myself you know immediately i was just like oh, that's a console box I still didn't want to get too excited. My mum wouldn't lie to me. <laughs> she said, she, I'm not getting a PS2. I was like, I'm not getting my hopes up. It's probably some car toy thing or whatever. I don't know. Something like that. 
So I start tearing a little bits off the side to try and see what it is so I don't get too disappointed. And I see like a, an indigo colour on the box and I'm just like, okay. I tear off a little bit more at the back and it's a Tekken screenshot. And I knew that like Tekken Tag Tournament was like a launch game. I start like tearing off a bit more, tearing off and I see the PS2 logo and I just go... When did you put two and two together? Probably been the Tekken really, but like the confirmation was like a PS2 logo. I just went absolutely bananas. I saw the PS2 logo and I just went absolutely fucking bananas. Just like running around like... Ah! Absolutely running. <laughs> Your Nintendo 64 kidded it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I was going absolutely bananas. It's like hugging them and like, I was just like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And they like hidden the games as well. I was just so happy. Like, it's one, <laughs> like one of the happiest like childhood moments. I was just, yeah playing through them on like Christmas Day and stuff Tekken and, uh, and Ridge Racer and yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> you do realise that if you hadn't at the age of 6 or whatever told your parents that Santa had bought you a Mega Drive 2 they probably wouldn't have lied to you about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah true you know you bought true. that on yourself I know yeah. <laughs> too damn sneaky so it's 2002 and I got a PS1 so you're behind the curve a little bit there. Massively. But it was the PS1, PS1, like the slim, the little version. The oh, little yeah, mini yeah. one that looked like a bar of soap. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because I had a PlayStation. I swapped my N64 for it. And all the games, including Gold Cart Zelda. Oh, you silly boy. Oh, my God. And all the games that I had for it for a PlayStation with one controller. And what was Pro Evo before it was Pro Evo over here? Superstar Soccer. International Superstar Soccer. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, an ISS 96. Because I wanted a PlayStation, so I wanted yeah. to play Final Fantasy 7. So I traded, well swapped, we did a, a swap in the paper for all of my N64 stuff for this fucking PlayStation 1. And I remember to this day, the woman, the kid that came to get it, when we did the trade, she turned to the kid about his game, looked at me, saw that dad had a PlayStation and games, and she went, oh, if I knew you already had a PlayStation, I wouldn't have bought a game for you. And I was like, you cheeky bitch. So... I had my PlayStation and I took it with me wherever I went. So when I moved back into my mum's, I took it with me. I had a temper when I was a kid, big temper. And I was playing Spider-Man 2 Rise of Electro. Couldn't fucking do it. And I lost my shit and I hit the PlayStation with the pad and just beat it up a bit. And then I just heard the disco. And I opened it and I'd shattered the laser. Oh shit. I just like completely fucked it. So I was without PlayStation. So I'd have been... 17 at this point i was at college and i was spending a lot of time around my brother's mum's house a big family very broken so i was with my brother tomcat and his mum because they lived near my college and joe tom's mum's wicked she really looked after me while i was at school yeah and because i wasn't living with my dad anymore it was back to poverty christmas where i'd get 20 pounds from him yeah because the kids that lived with him they'd get the extravagance they were getting playstation 2s and all sorts and the rest of his kids had 20 quid and i was there without a playstation and joe collected all of my christmas money and then paid the difference herself and bought me a new ps1 Excellent. with oh, wow. with digimon world 2000 
2003 and Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories, which is still sat on my shelf opposite. And it was this whole debacle of owning that original PlayStation is the reason I don't trade in or sell games anymore. That's really nice that you kept those games as well because it's like it shows respect to Joe that it means a lot to you. Yeah, exactly. Those gifts. Yeah. I've still got the PS1. Yeah, it's still in amazing order. And Yu-Gi-Oh! We played at a time because me and Tomcat were very close because there's like eight years difference between us and it wasn't always easy growing up because he was eight years younger than me but when i was staying there a lot we were well into like digimon and stuff so we were playing a lot of digimon world digimon world 2 digimon card battle and then we started playing this Yu-Gi-Oh game because it's a card game it's yeah. basically just the Yu-Gi-Oh card game put on PlayStation 1. And it was nice as well. It made me and my brother closer. That's nice. Yeah, so those games mean a lot to me. My next memory is from the early noughties. I'm not entirely sure where it is in the timeline of things, but it's after I'd moved out. The Christmas Eve, I went back to my mum and dad's and I was talking to, my, it was just my mum that were there. My dad was still at work. I don't know what time he were working till or he might've gone Christmas shopping or whatever. It was just me and my mum. And we were talking and stuff. And it was that weird transitional phase between your parents being your parents and your legal guardians and all that stuff. Yeah. And the part where they become friends, it's like their yeah. job is done and okay, we're just gonna talk about life and stuff now. And I remember talking to my mum and she said to me, Oh, your PlayStation's still in your bedroom. Go get it and we'll play some Buster Move. Now my mum isn't a big gamer. She plays no games whatsoever. But to sit on Christmas Eve while stuff is cooking and everything's getting ready. Yeah. And to play with my mum on a game that's like she's like I said, she's not a big gamer. But just to have that moment where we're sat we're talking about how my work is going and my love life and my friends and all that other stuff that's it were kind of touching i oh. remember it very very vividly and it wasn't really about the game oddly enough although the game was there and it was being played in the background it was more a transitional period of oh this is really really different to what i'm i'm used to yeah. what I'm used to experiencing because my mum has gone from being this person that is basically disappointed in me and bollocking me all the time to, yeah, I've done a good job with you. Well done. I'm really <laughs> pleased you that you've done what you've done. You're not a total fuck-up. Yeah, and she was saying, oh, do you remember so-and-so that used to live at number 27? Yeah, he's in prison. And do you remember this guy that used to do this? Yeah, he got caught stealing and he's on remand and it was just like, it was a weird touching stone because yeah. you never really noticed that those things are happening until they've happened. And for us to bond over something like that while playing a bit of a puzzle game and, and sort of heckle each other as well, you know, Buster Move, when you drop a load of bubbles and it goes, onto the other players playing field with yeah. the stones and we sort of have, were having a little bit of banter and stuff fire were up the fire back and everything were nice so well some christmas songs on the radio it just felt really fucking nice it felt beautiful and i remember my dad coming home and going oh you've got buster move on just downed his newspaper put his christmas shopping to one side or whatever he had and we were playing winner stays on Nice. We were getting a bit more competitive than we should have been. But like I say, it was just one of those moments where it were like, I want a subordinate to these people. I were on a level and the way that we were talking to each other and playing just 
it drove that. It allowed us to break those barriers. Yeah. And I think it was the first time that that really happened. And it's kind of weird that that's my main memory of, okay, well, I, I must be an adult now because people are treating me like, you know, an adult. I'm not being talked down to or I'm not being excluded in any way. It's basically, oh, yeah. well, this is what's happening. Oh, you, your grandma's done this. Or, yeah, it's not looking good for those neighbours down there. You should maybe pay them a visit because Joe, it's not looking good and don't be a stranger to these people and don't be like this person because they've been nicking cars and stuff and yeah it was just really really nice cozy it was cozy that's exactly the way to explain it yep. it was very cozy and i sort of missed that because again my mum does play games it's very very rare she'll sometimes mention like if she sees them on the news recently she was talking about fallout 76 on the news saying, oh, <laughs> looks like they're going to get sued. And it's like, she, just, she tries to, she does try. Yeah. My dad is sadly no longer with us, but he wasn't a massive gamer either. He used to play games, but there were more puzzle games and stuff. He wasn't into action games or anything like yeah. that. And any time he did play action games, it was basically just to humour me, yeah. I think, for a little bit of father-son bonding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just beautiful, man. And I really, really miss being able to do that with my mum and dad. And I know that most people listening to this, their parents won't play as well. But yeah. to be able to share your hobby with someone and it be the secondary thing because the family thing is the paramount topic when you're in those situations is just a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think it's something everyone should be able to experience once in their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cozy, jolly family memories. So I was living with my first girlfriend at the time, and it was a very, very weird relationship. Is this Ruth? <laughs> no, Mel. Oh, I didn't know this. This will be far we actually met. Yeah, 2005. We met in 2007. Mm. So I'm living with her, and it was a weird relationship. So when I met her, she was still living with her ex-fiance, and she was living there for a time. And because we were together, he basically said to her, like, oh, you and Rick have been together for like eight months now. Maybe you should move in with him. So we got a flat in town and she was still spending all her time with him just hanging out because they were bffs and all this shit and christmas day comes the lead up to it is prince of persia the two thrones had just come out ah uh, yeah and i fucking love those games sands of time is an absolute masterpiece warrior within is brilliant the combat system is insane it's so good and the soundtrack is incredible because i'm a massive godsmack fan so it ticks all the boxes for me plus i was a proper edgelord when it came out little long hair emo goth kid so it really resonated to like my inner turmoil etc etc <laughs> and i really wanted two thrones every time we'd be out and the bus would go past i'd stop talking to her and like look at the advert on the bus as it went past if we were watching tv and the advert came on i'd stop talking to and just look at the TV. I'd leave magazines open on a spread for Two Thrones. And because subtlety isn't really my thing, I would say, I really want that game. I really <laughs> want this game. See that game, Prince of Persia Two Thrones? I really want that game. So Christmas arrives and she's got loads of shit for me under the tree. And I open it and it's books. I've got books that I want. And I'm like, all right, cool, books. I opened another one. And it was, you know, those sort of cast iron models made of scrap and you get Transformers and Predator and the alien xenomorphs and... Yeah, they're basically welded together. Yeah, yeah, she got she got me one of them, a Predator. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And I opened up some more stuff and I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> and I had one of those moments that we all seem to have had when we were like, oh, is, 
Is, is that, that it? it? Yeah. And she was like, you don't seem very happy. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. It's just tired. It's Christmas. But yeah, thanks. I love you. Yeah. And then her ex-fiance came round because she was going to go around his. Me and him are quite friendly. And he's, oh, you're right, Rick. How you doing? I was, oh, you're right, chap. How's it going? He's, oh, Merry Christmas. And he hands something to me. And I open it. It's Prince of Persia, two thrones. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I was doing backflips. I was hugging him. I was like, oh my God, you've made my Christmas. She's just spent all this shit and like bought me all these really heartfelt gifts. And I'm like, eh, they're fine. As soon as I get this game that I want, I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to suck your knob. And, you know, it was, yeah, she was not happy with that at all. She fucked off, ran to his for dinner and a sulk. And I sat there playing Prince of Persia in the two thrones. <laughs> I had a great Christmas. You had the best Christmas, there. definitely. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> we broke up like two weeks later. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, man. Okay, mid noughties or late noughties? Any takers? I guess it's not strictly a Christmas memory, but I always associate consoles with like Christmas. This is when I got my 360. So I knew the 360 was coming out, and I was just, ah, oh, it's going to be amazing. going to be, I was so excited about it. And I can't remember what the release date was. I had no idea, but it was a school day. And I was doing my mock GTSEs on this school day. And I knew one of them was RE. So I said to Dad, well, if you come to the school when the RE exam is, because who really gives a fuck about RE, then we can just go and pick it up. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And uh, Which is weird for him. He's not he's usually very, very sensible, but for some reason he was fine with it. I thought you were going to say he was the RE teacher. That would have <laughs> been great. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so I just walked straight out the front of school after exam. Still don't know if I should. Probably shouldn't have done it. It probably would have been skipping school, but because I didn't even have a note or anything. I just literally just walked out the front door after exam when the RE one was next. Anyway, got this local indie in town. It's gone now called GameSpot. He he was the one I had my pre-order with. I went in there and I got it and then I set it up at home and I was like so excited. Like I went on and checked everything was like, like played with the blades a little bit. Went back to school. <laughs> and like, I had to sit the remainder of school like absolutely buzzing my tits off just to get back. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> you fucking rebel. I <laughs> know. Oh, Skipping school to buy games. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. <laughs> So, in the late noughties, I was in a bit of a rough place. I'd come out of a relationship, I'd moved back into my parents, and I basically wasn't having a fucking good time of it. I was trying to pay a mortgage off on something that I owned that I wasn't getting any benefit out of. Yeah. And to be honest, life was pretty fucking shitty. I was working a lot. And really, the only solace I had was talking on forums and, and playing games online. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty fucking bad. And I, I think a lot of people can sort of relate to that because, well, it was a time of the stock crash and the recession and all that yeah. bullshit. It was just a fucking awful time. I think everyone has their, has their cross to bear. And yeah, that was certainly mine. And I remember at Christmas, houseful absolute houseful and i was just like the people were asking me how my job was and it were like to be honest mate it's fucking shit but i didn't want to tell them that because in your 20s you just want to be successful and stuff and like it's your all smiles and japes and honestly it won't it was fucking terrible and everyone i knew were having shit times as well you were having shit times with your missus Rick, mm -hmm. smaller booty, war. I think he was mourning the death of his wife at the time, and it was just it fucking sucked. Like it really did fucking suck. I don't think anyone were happy. We were all miserable. And I remember that Christmas. I don't think it was specifically Christmas Day. It might be 
doing Boxing Day or something like that. But I would just like, fuck this, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done talking to these people. I'm going to talk to the people I actually care about. And I played Battlefield Bad Company with my friends online. And just to get away from the people that I didn't want to talk and be with the people that I could relate with yeah. and empathise with, with the things that they were going through. And also have them be empathetic and me as well, even though I'm not one of those people that I don't really let my feelings out. I don't let people see, you know, when I'm struggling or anything like that. Yeah. Just to be there and go, well, yeah, do you know, like, just be, like, overly macho and punch each other in the arm and stuff like that and, like, show that we care about each other. Well, just, it was a thing that I needed then. And again, like with earlier, when I were playing, Buster Move with my mum. Yeah. It wasn't about the games really, but it was about the people that I'd met playing games. And yeah. without them, I would have probably gone fucking insane. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. There were no pressure on me to do anything other than just be there and give them revives or heals or whatever while we're doing in that time. And yeah, just be entertaining. Yeah, but it wasn't a case of people losing their jobs because someone made a mistake or having to lay someone off or just doing a lot of stuff that is just horrible to do. When you're in a position like that and you're having to face the music when someone has dicked up and it's not particularly your fault but because you're in a position of authority it falls at your door yeah i think with video games i had a place where none of that really mattered i could be a hero i could do all the stuff i could i could be in control even if we did lose matches or things did go wrong it was never as mammoth as a fucking company shutting down yeah and me being you know part of that and just going oh well i did my best but evidently it wasn't fucking good enough the recession were fucking way stronger than I ever could be. And all the people that I worked in that company just couldn't hold the tide back. And for me to be able to play games with my friends and hide away from the people that I essentially lost money to. Like, I lost their incomes. They were family members, Joe, that worked for us and stuff. And in a way, I were running away from my problems. But sometimes you need to be able to run away yeah, and have time escape. yourself to mull things over. And it's like wiping the blackboard clean before you start processing what you need to do next. And yeah, the people that played with me during those times, people like Smaller Booty, One Wild, Blagmaster, and you, Rick, you played as well. Yep. You were basically your crutch to me then. I think at that time we were all a crutch for each other. To be yeah, honest. pretty much. Yeah. Because it was just horrible. Like, to, what, 2008 onwards? Yeah. We're just like eating dicks forever for all of us. And it just wasn't pleasant. And to have that support network, especially at Christmas where you saw uh, everyone's so happy and it's like jeering and like you can hear people, you know, getting leery downstairs because they've had a few gin and tonics and stuff. And it's just like, oh man, I don't want to be part of that. But. I yeah. want to be part of this. Like, this makes more sense to me. And I'm really grateful for that. I am genuinely grateful for every person that offered an ear during those times. Even though I never really spoke about work or anything like that then. Just being there yeah. and having a bit of banter and stuff was something that made that particular Christmas more palatable. Because, yeah, it was fucking awful. Like, I was coming out of a relationship. I had fuck all money. I was coming out of a job. My life was just falling apart, basically. It were awful. And to be able to escape into games for that Christmas well, it were a release it were bliss yeah I can understand that for sure the Christmas before last when Elena and I picked up a PlayStation 4 I think it was around Black Friday and that Christmas and the days sort of around that Christmas was the first time in 
years that I had a gaming session or some gaming sessions like Simon was just talking about because we all got together and we were playing Overwatch. Oh, yeah. And I'd never played it before. I remember that. That's when we started playing together and talking yeah. together. Yeah, so that's when we started reconnecting properly. Christmas theme as well, Overwatch. Yeah. Amazing. And that just felt great. Like I said, it had the Christmas theme and it was just nice to be able to play with people again. And it was just nice to play with like a lot of Simon's new gaming friends, reconnect <laughs> with some old gaming friends, playing this new game. I was late to the PlayStation 4 anyway. It had been out for a few years at that point. So I was super excited anyway. And yeah, it just kind of started this... I don't know. I don't want to say it sort of like reignited the passion for gaming because at that point I was already doing the YouTube channel and I was still collecting stuff. But it got me back into online stuff. Yeah. And I hadn't played online for fucking years. And yeah it was kind of a mix of what simon was saying it was just nice to be online with your friends i was fucking drunk for most of it <laughs> what's new <laughs> but it was kind of when you were talking about playing buster move with your parents it wasn't so much that we were there for the game but it was just nice to be in a party and have a chat and talk to people and there was a couple of us who were drinking and a, a few of us who were just having a laugh and there was jokes coming everywhere and yeah. we weren't doing particularly good at the game but it didn't matter yeah yeah. What mattered was the atmosphere and the banter. Yeah. It was the blue touch paper that we lit for our friendship to continue because we had such a big gap where I was gonna fuck off and live in America and you wob in London and we just had that big gaping fucking canyon in our friendship yeah. where we just we were foreign to each other essentially. We'd check in every now and then on Steam at like three o'clock in the morning every few months. It was a nice way to rebuild a relationship because We'd spent so much time apart that we were completely alien to each other. We both moved on with relationships. We both moved on with jobs. We both moved on with life. Yeah, like we'd grown up even further than what we had when we yeah. met in 2007 or whatever. We, as daft as it sounds, adulting never fucking stops. You just get maturer and maturer. In theory. <laughs> I feel like a third wheel. <laughs> But yeah, it's one of those things where it's a mutual memory. Yeah. We both benefited from, like we said, the games weren't really the main focus. They were the catalyst to bring us together. Yeah. It was more about rebuilding something that had sort of job run to ruin. Yeah. Do you know what the funny thing is as well? Go on. Haven't played Overwatch since. <laughs> I tried to. I put it on, but it just didn't feel right. Mm. Sort of when we were playing it that time, the planets had aligned and trying to play it again just didn't feel right so I put it back in its box and I've not touched it in two years yeah fuck me we're a soppy bunch of cunts aren't we you two are bloody hell I thought I was the fucking soppy one so we've covered Christmases that have gone what about Christmases that are coming do you have any traditions or anything around Christmas for gaming what do you plan to do for this Christmas I'm gonna get drunk that's a given play on my Switch because Elena's got me a Switch for Christmas excellent really excited about it actually because when we first got together we'd play 3DS I bought her a 3DS well, I bought myself a new 3DS, gave her my 3DS, and bought her Monster Hunter 4. Oh, yeah. And we became really close as, like, a gaming couple. Because she was a gamer anyway, but sort of adjacent. She'd play Skyrim and the Fallouts and stuff. When we were playing Monster Hunter 4, we'd sit on the sofa together playing it. We'd go and visit my family and we'd play it on the coach. Or we'd play it when we were waiting for dinner or something. We'd go to bed early and sit in bed playing it for an hour or so. I bought her a Switch last year and she bought me my PlayStation 4 Pro and I miss having that. We don't do that anymore. 
we occasionally will play a couch co-op game on the PlayStation. Yeah. But if I'm playing something, or if I'm watching something on the PlayStation, she just pulls her Switch out, and she'll sit there playing on the Switch. So I asked for one for this year, because there's so many games coming out that we can play together. And the fact that Dauntless is coming out makes me really happy, because I really enjoyed it on the PC. And... I really want to get her into it so to have a monster hunter type game and i know that generations is there but it yeah. after playing world it feels like a step down yeah you can't go back can yeah you? no so to get a monster hunter like game is going to be awesome to be able to play together again i'm looking forward to just cuddling up on the sofa putting on a well i was going to say shitty christmas film but i've bought two amazing christmas films this year we're going to watch gremlins and we're going to watch krampus nice that's how you do christmas in my house and we're just going to drink and we're going to download a couple of games probably going to get stardew valley on the switch because now that the co-op patch is coming out that's something that we'll be able to do together yeah so that's gonna be christmas this year for me sponsored by nintendo what about you tom are you gonna reset your wrongs and go back and finish those sonic games no i think you should i think you (laughs) should as well uh, no, they're no, not no. long, they're like a couple of hours long. Tops. If you take longer than 30 minutes to get through Sonic 3, you need to sell your PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be his challenge. He needs to finish Sonic 3 in under an hour while streaming. <laughs> Otherwise, if he gets a forfeit. And I'll tell you what, if you do that, I will put it on the YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm alright. I'm not going to commit to it anyway. Possibly, but I'm not going to commit to it. So what have you got planned for Christmas? Do you have any gaming traditions or anything like that i get drunk a lot depends what santa brings me. <laughs> <laughs> gaming traditions i tend i don't know i just always think of assassin's creed as like a christmas game because right. like for some years i always used to play assassin's creed in or around christmas i don't know why but this year i won't be whatever i get ready for christmas i'm probably gonna be playing dragon quest so i hope i get some snowy town i guess by the time i get to christmas That'll be cool. I might play Overwatch on PC for the Christmas event. Actually, Siege, I played a lot last Christmas. They've got an event yeah. on for Christmas, haven't they, with skins and stuff and nice. Christmas trees on some of the maps. Yeah, I fucking love Siege. Best multiplayer game of all time, hands down. So that's what I'm doing. That's what Tom's doing. What are you doing, Simon? So usually what I do at Christmas is I binge play Skyrim yeah. because it's snowy and stuff. But I've done that Who are for- you making this year? I don't actually know. Fall up for. Well, you jump in the gun here because that's what I might actually do. I've played Skyrim for like four or five years now consecutively. So I was thinking of playing Fallout instead, which is not exactly the most Christmassy game. No. It's one of those games that you can throw yourself into and sort of lose yourself for 10 hours or whatever yeah, you can exactly. do and have the time to invest and not worry about it. You're not yeah. worrying about having to get up next day to go to work or job, any of that fucking yeah, bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it could be Fallout. Whether I'll do a character, I don't know. Do it as Boris Johnson and just bumble fuck your way through it. Yeah, you could do that. It's possible. Make I might, everything well, it, worse. Yeah, Theresa May again. <laughs> just put all your assets into like strength <laughs> and stability. <laughs> strong and stable. <laughs> so yeah, there might be a thread that goes up for that if anyone gives a shit. Charisma um, zero. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this Christmassy episode of the MF Gamers podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers.
Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go again. I'll go again with the PS3 then, yeah. Um, so PS3, uh, um, 2007, because we had that long wait from whenever the Americans got it, like 2006, like October or something. Anyway, um, so it's the first and only midnight launch for a console I've been to. And again, it was this, at this local indie store. And it was, I think it was May or March, so it's quite warm, luckily. But I went down there with Dad. This was a Christmas story. Yeah, Christmas. Oh, yeah, shit. It's not really a Christmas story, is it? No, it's not a Christmas story. No, no. All right, forget fuck. it. <laughs> you fucking dialogue. You see, I always associate consoles with Christmas. Simon, Doesn't can you keep that in, please? <laughs> I might just put it on an end, tack it on an end. There's like, a, uh, like an out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got any more than... I haven't just got any Stop talking about fucking PlayStation for some uh, reason. <laughs> unless you unless you want to go back to 2001, I haven't got any more. No. Fucking hell, Tom. Is that it?